0: A man chopped off his penis for the greater good after smoking cannabis. And the outdoor cat ban in Germany is causing an uproar. Tennessee became the first state to make public camping a felony. These are the weird stories for Tuesday on Weird AF News, the only daily weird news podcast hosted by a comedian. I have three weird news stories from around the world, and I have you, and I'm grateful. A man smoked marijuana and then chopped off his penis for the greater good. This story is out of India. Multiple don't-do-drugs campaigns show the harmful effects of using drugs, as you know. Do you remember the commercials back in the day? I learned it from watching you! Well, this bizarre incident came to light on May 19th in Assam, and it has to be the most fear instilling of all drug commercials a man named sahahul ali was under the influence of cannabis and chopped off his penis i find it hard to believe that the chopping off of the penis is related to the use of cannabis i'm going to say the influence of cannabis does not lead to chopping off your member and that's just my experience with it (laughs) you might i don't know you might wreck a donut or two but not your wee wee okay coming from Dakar village in Sonipur district Ali is reported to be mentally disturbed oh that's it mentally disturbed that's more like it, it doesn't really have anything to do with the cannabis this is um, it's a little misleading the title of the article it should say mentally disturbed man chopped off his penis and he also smokes cannabis that's what the title should be It says here, Ali smoked cannabis and in the state of psychosis, cut off his penis. Ali not only consumes cannabis, but has also used other hard drugs. Oh, no kidding. He's also used other hard drugs. The man cut off his member. Yeah. It says the psychosis episode that cost him his organ took place under the influence of marijuana. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Very little influence of marijuana is related to cutting off your organ. Right, there's other things going on. But you can try and believe that if you want. Now, Ali gave an interview with the Times because apparently he's very proud of what he did. I wouldn't I wouldn't let anybody interview me. I would run and hide if I cut off my own penis. <laughs> but some people just want to go viral, and they don't care why. Doing dumb stuff like this. Ali explains that smoking cannabis is considered a sin in his religion. Sure, I'm sure it is. It's considered a sin in a few religions. It's not considered... Uh, a chemical that leads to you cutting off your private part, that's for damn sure. Ali says he cannot do without this drug. Hence, he chopped off his penis to repent for his sins. Oh, okay, okay. so indirectly related to his cannabis. (laughs) But also, you know, really more related to his strict religion and dogma. You know, Uh, these strict ideologies place a lot of pressure on on individuals, it's hard enough to be a person. And then you got this religion hanging over your head saying, don't you do that. Don't you touch yourself. Don't you look at another woman. Don't you try that cannabis. Don't you drink the Budweiser, man. These are all sins. And now the guy cuts off his penis to repent. They're always telling you to repent. No, I don't want to repent. Here's a quote from Ali. Ali. My religion does not allow me to take the cannabis. After I smoked it, I was worried that something bad was going to happen to society. (laughs) Wow. To society? My goodness. Uh, That's not a very good extrapolation. He says, I chopped off my penis for the greater good and to repent my action. Wow. There's a video of him. I I, I don't want to watch it, man. This is a sad situation that a man cut off his penis and he didn't need to. Now, also being interviewed was his son, who mentioned that Ali is mentally unstable, and he did such a bizarre thing out of fear of religion. Ali's friend mentioned that he has been indulging in such strange scenarios for many years now, including one time in 2003 when he reportedly spent a night with a lion. Spent a night with a lion? Wow. Yeah, this guy's got a a situation, and he needs help, really. Now, you would think that this was just one isolated incident, but no. In February... A man from Thailand also cut off his entire penis with a scissor after he smoked two grams of marijuana. Well, I need more information about that as well. I'd like to know what's going on there as well. Perhaps some mental disability or the influence of strict religion once again. Orthodox religions, ooh, they just strike the fear of God into their followers. Who knows what they'll do in order to repent. Even cut off their wee-wee or their nipple. I mean, goodness knows marijuana doesn't make you do these things. I mean, you might cut up a nice lasagna. Yeah. Don't we love lasagna when we're high? Yes, we do. In Germany, there's an outdoor cat ban, and animal welfare organizations are up in arms about this. Cat owners in the German town of Waldorf have been ordered this week to keep their pets indoors, including their cats, until the end of August in order to protect a rare bird during its breeding season. The decree is designed to help save this bird. It's called the crested lark, or in Boston, the crested lark. This crested lark makes its nest on the ground and is therefore easy prey for feline hunters specifically. So the town wants you to keep your cats indoors during this mating or nesting season. The birds' population in Western Europe has actually declined sharply in recent decades, which is why they're concerned. Although it is listed as a species of least concern in Europe by the International Union for Conservation of Nature, other people give a damn, apparently. Authorities in Waldorf said, among other things, the survival of the species depends on every single chick. Now, the pet inside rule applies to all cats in the southern part of the city, and it will be repeated for the next three years for the months of April, May, June, and August. Owners owners, risk a fine of €500 euro if their cat is found roaming outside on the streets and could be slapped with a penalty of up to €50,000 if their cat injures or kills one of these crested larks. Oh, they're very serious about this. They'll give you a big, strict fine. So what do you do with a cat? Keep it indoors? Yeah, keep your cat indoors, apparently. If you live in Waldorf, this question is no longer in your hands. you got to keep your cat indoors or you're going to get fined. But for those in other areas, the answer may not be so clear-cut. Ooh, the story's taking a turn. Here's a quote from a Deutsche Treschungsband, which is Germany's largest animal welfare organization. I'm going to try and pronounce it again. Deutscher T-shirt, T-shirts T-shirt t shirtsband T-shirts Bund, T-shirts Bund, T-shirts Bund, T-shirts Bund. <laughs> I think I nailed it on that last one. Here's a quote from this place: Suddenly, preventing cats that are used to going outside from doing so means immense restrictions and much stress for the animals. The negative influence of cats on the population of songbirds is in any case controversial, and to our knowledge has not yet been even proven for the crested lark in Waldorf. So how about that? They haven't even proved it. They keep the cats indoors, you can't even prove it. Now, the organization supports measures to protect this bird, but believes no animal can be treated as a second-class citizen. That's right. Animals have human rights in some instances, or they're trying to do so, trying to give that elephant rights in the Bronx Zoo, according to the story I covered yesterday on Weird AF News. On the weird AF News, we're covering animal rights. The quote continues, defining domestic cats as culprits for the endangerment of certain bird species also means letting them take the blame for the fact that humans have destroyed habitats and food supplies for wild species over a very long period of time, thus threatening their existence. Other experts claim that the influence of agriculture, monoculture, insect mortality, and increasing land development is actually greater than that of the cats hunting the birds. It's a greater endangerment for them. These causes are caused by humans. It would be better to fight the actual causes than to blame our cats for all of this. You might be wondering, in general, are cats a danger to certain wildlife? Well, the debate over whether cats should be free to roam can be a controversial one, apparently. The European pet food industry found that 26% of all households in Europe own at least one cat, this inevitably leads to a quarter of the population having strong feelings on the matter. Now, a lot of people own cats in Europe, like a quarter of them? That's crazy. Not my kind of culture. I'm more of a dog person. A study in 2013 estimated that free ranging domestic cats in the US alone kill around 2.4 billion birds and 12.3 billion mammals annually. However, the authors acknowledged that un- unowned cats cause the majority of this mortality not your actual household pet cat. Uh, We got some more recent figures from the Mammal Society saying that cats in the UK catch up to 100 million animals over spring and summer, including 27 million birds. The most frequent caught species of bird, according to them, are house sparrows, blue tits. Blue tits! That's a bird. Blackbirds and starlings. Despite these statistics, the UK's largest conservation charity... R.S.P.B. says that there is no clear scientific evidence that this is causing bird populations to decline, though. They're saying that many, many millions of birds actually die naturally every year, mainly through starvation, disease, or other forms of predation. So it is likely that most of the birds killed by cats would have died anyway. All right, so, You know, this entire time I'm reading this article, I'm just thinking about how house cats do go out and roam around in decrepit environments. Like, your cat goes places you don't even want to know. I, I, don't, I don't understand the allure of that. Like, I would never let my cat leave the house if I had one. Who knows what your cat's bringing back? Rats, birds, diseases. Your cat's out there doing who knows what. Probably smoking that reefer. And then comes back all nasty? I don't know. I don't know how people can deal with that, to be honest. I mean, it's bad enough the cat is pooping in your domicile. Like, in your living space, your cat is pooping. You're allowing that. Now, you're going to allow your cat just to go out and drag back some dead mice that might have scurvy. I don't know if mice have scurvy, but it's a concern. Tennessee becomes the first state to make camping in public a felony. Miranda Atnip lost her home during the pandemic after her boyfriend moved out and she fell behind on the bills. Living in her car, the 34-year-old worries every day about getting money for food, finding somewhere to shower, and saving up enough for an apartment where her three children can live with her again. This is very sad. I didn't anticipate such a sad intro to this story. Cause she's living in a car with three children, so what's she's trying to camp and is not allowed, it sounds like. There's a lot of camping going on in Los Angeles. It is definitely allowed. You should come here, honey. Come out here, Miranda. She has a new worry in her state, because Tennessee is about to become the first state to make it a felony to camp on local public property, such as parks. Here's a quote from her. Honestly, it's going to be hard. I don't know where else to go. That's it. That's the quote. It's not very uplifting. I apologize. Let's find out what her plan is and what's going on in Tennessee. What made this happen? It's now a felony. Tennessee already made it a felony in 2020 to camp on most state-owned property. In pushing the expansion, Senator Bailey noted that no one has been convicted under that law and said he doesn't expect this one to be enforced very much either. Neither does someone named Luke, a man who has worked with homeless people in in the city of Cookville and who supports Bailey's plan about the camping, in part because he hopes it will spur people who care about the homeless to work with him on a long-term solution. Because sleeping in a tent outside is not a very good solution. It actually snows in Tennessee, from my understanding. You can't be outside in certain states all year round. You just cannot. I mean, among other things, just, uh, you know, sleeping out there, you're just exposed to all sorts of dangers. Now, the law requires that the violators receive at least 24 hours' notice before an arrest. The felony charge is punishable by up to six years in prison? That's... Seems pretty excessive. Six years in prison for being in a tent. Come on, Tennessee. Here's a quote from this guy, Bailey. It's going to be up to them prosecutors if they want to issue a felony. But it's only going to come. It's only going to come to that if people don't really want to move and they refuse to move. After several years of a steady decline, homelessness in the United States began increasing in 2017. In case you've been living under a rock and don't know this. A survey in January 2020 found for the first time that the number of unsheltered homeless people exceeded those in shelters. Yeah, that's a huge issue, Matt. It clearly is like that in Los Angeles, where we have about 50,000 homeless people or more. Uh, of course, the problem was exacerbated by COVID-19. Shelters were limiting capacity at that point. Public pressure to do something about the increasing number of highly visible homeless encampments has pushed even many traditionally liberal cities to clear out the encampments. Although camping has generally been regulated by local vagrancy laws, Texas passed a statewide ban last year. Municipalities that fail to enforce the ban risk losing state funding. Several other states have introduced similar bills, but Tennessee is the only one to make camping a felony. Now, back to Miranda. She has concerns. She's afraid she's going to lose her car and have to move to a tent, though she isn't sure where she could even pitch it. Here's a quote from her. It seems like once one thing goes wrong, it kind of snowballs. We were making money with DoorDash. Our bills were paid. We were saving. Then the car goes kaput. Everything goes bad. Well, yeah, that's the thing about homelessness is it can happen to almost anybody. You think you're immune to it. You're not. Shit can go south real quick and things tend to spiral out of control. And. This law does nothing to solve the homelessness, you know, making camping a felony, it doesn't really address the underlying problem. And having a felony on your record makes it harder to get back on your feet, it makes it harder to qualify for types of housing, harder to get a job, harder harder to qualify for benefits, you can't vote. I mean, this the fallout of the felony, it's not that's not helping anybody either. At the end of the day, criminalizing homelessness just makes more criminals. Do we need that? Do we need more? Of that, I mean, the prisons are already crowded as it is. Well, Bob, we're getting really serious on Weird AF News. You know, I took some sociology classes back in college, and so, you know, I can kind of talk about these things and not sound like a total idiot. And, you know, being in Los Angeles, I see what's going on with the homeless situation, and I don't see any resolution to this. I don't see a lot of help out there. I really don't. And the help that I do see is completely misguided. There's a whole movement to just offer them homes out here in LA. Just give them a homes. Well, you gotta understand what we're dealing with here. A lot of mental illness. I see these people. I've lived among them for years now. You know, this isn't coming from left field. I've been in the trenches. I lived in downtown LA for three years. You don't think I was around this stuff? You're dealing with some severe mental illness. If you gave a good portion of these homeless people here in Los Angeles a home, I'm telling you right now, after two days, they would just walk out and roam around. They are not with it, man. They're just not capable of taking care of themselves. What do you do about that? I don't know. Criminalizing stuff, though, doesn't really solve the issue, in my opinion. Maybe you disagree. Call my show, 646-450-2012. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? Once I get it, ain't no turning back. You guys made it to the outro. Good for you. You got to hear my Keith Sweat impression. I just want to hang out with Keith Sweat. Just one day. It'd be pretty cool. Uh, who is Keith Sweat, Jonesy? What are you talking about? Hey, let's give thanks and praise. Give thanks and praise to Chris Bindham. Chris Bindum bought me a coffee and wrote a nice little note. It just, uh, it says something nice. Now, I don't know what Chris is referring to. Something nice could be my podcast. It could be my personality. I don't know. It could be, he. maybe he's telling me to buy something nice with the money for a coffee. Yeah, I'm going to buy coffee with it, buddy. What do you think? Yeah. And then you know, I got, I still got like coffee money left over from my birthday, which was a few weeks ago. And man, I've been buying nice coffees since then. You know, I'm not just getting the the cheap drip is what i'm saying. i've been splurging getting cappuccinos, you know, that kind of stuff. flat white? have you had one? yeah, give it a try. give it a, f- a flat white. <laughs> that sounds like a racist coffee drink, <laughs> doesn't it? Uh, anyways, i've had some lattes as well, all right. i'm just i'm trying trying to live my good life, guys. and i want to thank everybody who's bought me coffees. it's been that's just tremendous, man. it really makes me smile to know that people are buying me coffee. Man, I could just live on coffee the rest of my life. All right, enough of that. If you guys would like to support the show by buying me a coffee, just go to weirdafnews.com, click on the Buy Jonesy a Coffee banner, and you can do it that way. You can also join the Patreon. And by the way, I just put some tremendous videos in the Patreon this morning. Oh, yeah, incredible stuff, man. Weird, weird, hilarious stuff that I've come across. So the Patreon's pretty active. And I posted that Q&A video over the weekend. Yeah, I did the AMA, Ask Jonesy Anything video basically. And I'm not gonna, but I mean, all right, I'll tell you what's going on. I did it with my shirt off because I'm, I'm thinking maybe that's a good way to get people to join the Patreon. You guys wanna see me talk for 40 minutes with my shirt off? Join the Patreon where I just posted a video of me answering your questions with no shirt. Yeah, some people are into that stuff. And, uh, you know, you gotta put your. Put your best foot forward, I, I find, in life. And um, my my best foot happens to be my hairless chest. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty nice. <laughs> so that's what we're doing over here, guys. No shame in this game. Come on, join the Patreon. Support the show. Patreon.com slash News. You, too, can watch a shirtless video of Jonesy answering strange questions from the people in the Patreon. It's like a nice little weird club that we have going in there. I like it. Everybody in there is quality individual. You can also join the Patreon by going to weirdafnews.com or download the Patreon app and do a search for Weird AF News. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what's up. Okay, see you tomorrow.
1: Yay! Hey, Josie. I love you. You dumbass. You may be public school educators, but even you know that Asian elephants are not from Africa. You sit down and think about it. But I'm going to let you off because I know you know that. Love you loads. Alexa. Hang up. Hey, Jonesy. This is Rebecca from uh, Northern California, up in wine country. And I was listening the other night to the um, podcast with the story about teaching the kids in Chicago how to. Uh, stop bleeding from gun wounds. And I was thinking, yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely awful that that's something kids would even have to think about learning. But if it's going to be happening around them, I actually think that having kids feel like there's something they can do about the problem will scare them less and create less anxiety than the anxiety of knowing it could happen and they would be totally helpless to do anything about it. So sometimes teaching kids these kind of things, can uh be better for them in the long run mentally, and also I'm hoping maybe it will get some of them interested in the medical field. Maybe they'll want to become nurses, EMTs, doctors, something like that. It might give them something to reach for. Everybody always does better when they have goals, at least in my opinion. All right. uh Good luck with your life, man. Bye. Happy Florida Friday.
2: hey jonesy it's michael and i with city calling about a story you did yesterday about people in canton ohio holding summer programs for children about how to treat bullet wounds and yeah that's a sad commentary on the way things are in life and you commented that you're glad you had a vasectomy because you don't know how you would approach these subjects if you had children and uh, you sell yourself short on these things because uh, you believe much as i do and on most topics and i think you would be a great parent you were raised very practically i believe and uh, i think you could handle these things very well and it's just the way of the world today that we have to face these important topics and it's very simple you hope for the best as a parent but you plan for the worst and so we have to talk about things with our children that are difficult topics like preparing them for the sex talk and the consequences of those kinds of things we have to talk to our children about sexual predators both on their walks to and from school and on the internet we have to talk to them about things such as bomb threats at schools and and shootings at malls and and other places and we have to talk about you know these kinds of things about uh, The consequences of being shot. I'm not a brown or black parent, but those parents have to speak to their children about how to uh, present themselves if they're encountered with uh, police officers who stop them or see them on the street and how they have to present themselves to police officers so that they don't end up in terrible situations. White parents don't have to have those conversations with their children. So, as I said, we. Hope for the best and plan for the worst and until uh, Miss America uh, solves world hunger and brings about world peace, it's going to take white people talking to brown people and black people and Asian people and others, uh, cultural groups, to bring about these conversations to really discuss things and try to work towards solutions. because. That kind of discussion is not happening now organically. So we have to seek out these difficult conversations and have those conversations to uh, try to bring about solutions. Uh, Our government isn't doing it, and they're not making the laws to get the guns off the streets and other things. So we have to do it ourselves. So everyone, you know. Say no to these hate crimes. Say no when you hear people talking about it. Call them out and do something about it that you can do. All right, everyone, stay safe, stay healthy. Jonesy, good luck with your life, man. You could do it as a parent.